Coming live from Los Angeles, USA is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have got per the price whisperer, Joforce, founder of Joforce and Partners, hot leader and pricing strategy advisor for Forbes Business Council and a author. Welcome to the show, Per. Um, thank you so much, Ajay. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you, sir, for taking out time and joining us on this show. So you are an expert on pricing strategies, and that's why you are called the price whisperer. Uh, you know, that's that, what we've been talking about. Yeah, that that's correct. I I didn't invent this myself. I, um, uh, in in fact, I think it's a little hokey. But uh, I was called the price whisper so many times that um, eventually I said, um, "Well, why don't I just adopt it?" And 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 since I have such a wacky name that nobody can uh, uh, <laughs> nobody can pronounce <laughs> unless you're Swedish like me you know uh, <clears throat> the, the, it, it was worth it to um, to 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 add the as known as uh, price whisper as a, as a tagline make it make it easier for people to find me right right uh, obviously you you can't name yourself and make that name fly it is always always uh, the word of mouth that will actually you know, Turn your whisper into a into reverberating sound and tell you tell about yourself to the people. That's what has happened with you. And today, yeah. that whisper will will be a bit louder so that people can learn a lot from you. Per so we'll oh, yeah. be talking about how companies can use pricing to drive higher growth, sales volume, and profits. And a lot of people, especially in India, uh, there are a lot of small businesses uh, who always struggle to be competitive because there are a lot of competition and even among bigger brands and companies. So coming down to that uh, per is that how an entrepreneur, because there are a lot of entrepreneurs in the audience, so how can an entrepreneur uh, should consider pricing of their goods or services? Well, <clears throat> the, 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 um, there's a couple of things. Let me, uh, let me start by telling the the the, uh, the audience the story on on how i got here because i think that's sort of relevant for for further right. conversation and um i i i, I had <clears throat> excuse me i had a chance to to run a couple of companies in in europe and uh then when i moved here to la uh, i came here to uh, develop a division of a fairly uh, large public company and since then i i i've had another four ceo positions and <clears throat> pricing was always an interest area for me. So in those companies, we did experiments with pricing. And some of those experiments were very successful. Others were complete duds. And what I had learned in business school was so theoretical and academic that it didn't help us to really understand why some of those um, experiments worked and others didn't. So 15 years ago, I decided I was too old and too opinionated to be a hired gun. So I set up uh, my own shop and um, I decided to develop a process that would make every pricing experiment a success. And in short, that process consists of 
conducting willingness to pay research. And we developed our own way of in online, um, online pulling, understanding how uh, sales volume and revenue for a product or service is affected by its price. And um, once you know that, it's pretty easy to set the right price because you have an accurate prediction of the price that's going to give you the highest sales volume and the price that's going to give you the highest uh, revenue, right? And <clears throat> that's very practical and, and very different from uh, what they teach you in business school. But then uh, we take that to the next level, meaning that we segment uh, the prediction and we segment the prediction um, by different customer profiles. So we can tell our clients, focus on this customer profile because it will lead to the highest revenues. We do the same with uh, product or service features and benefits. So we say, use those for those features and benefits as opposed to other features and benefits because it will support um, a higher revenue stream. And we do the same with marketing. We can tell our clients, use these marketing messages in these channels because it leads to the highest demand generation. We um, tell our clients, use these sales methodologies and sales messages uh, because it's going to be the most effective in, in driving sales at higher prices. And finally, um, we also t tell our clients how to develop a pricing strategy that minimize friction and maximize revenue. So it's, it's taking that very holistic view that makes all the difference. And that's why, um, that's why I have almost 750 happy customers um, and um, because it works every time. Right, right, Perf. But you see, uh, uh, pricing is a very sensitive issue for customers. And that's where uh, even uh, entrepreneurs and people who set their prices, uh, they are also very uh, aware of this. Now, how do entrepreneurs, small companies, small product manufacturers, how do they price in a manner that uh, it does not antagonize their customers? And here we are talking about, you know, increasing sales, growth, and leading to more profit. So how do you assimilate both the things? Can you break well, it down for our audience? Well, if, if, if you, as the, um, if you as, as, as the manufacturer truly understand um, the features and functions that your customer are willing to pay higher prices for. And, and, and that's in, in a general, you know, in a, in a general um, sense, oh, that always happens. Uh, certain, certain features and functions support higher prices than other features and functions. And if you have that knowledge, when you talk to your customers, you can... Uh, better deliver a value message than uh, if you don't know that that information. Um, and and uh, the problem here is that um, the best way of getting the, this particular information is from the kind of willingness to pay research we talked about, and and that is because when a when a seller is talking to a potential client. 
that client lies, right? Obviously, not every client lies, and not um, many times it's just withholding information, right? Uh, and and the buyer and there's a there's a, a saying here in 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 the U.S. saying uh, buyer liar, right? And if you believe everything a, a buyer say, um, you you go back and 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 you may well push the the, the wrong feature functions. Uh, you may well use the the not so effective marketing messages. You may end up certainly having end up uh, pricing too low, right? Because believing customers too much leads to uh, timidness in pricing. And especially if you're a new started company coming out with something that is disruptive, you have only the ability to sell to early adopters. And early adopters buy because they want to be an early adopter, <laughs> because they want to know they have a new product. They want to know they... Um, they, they, they stand out among their peers and so forth. Um, they don't buy for low for price at all. They don't care about the price. And <clears throat> one of the most common mistakes is that, again, you have a, a company with an, a new and um, disruptive product. Um, and, and you go to the market, you find a handful of of uh, early adopters that are in the market, and there's only just a handful. Um, and then you see how much you, you have in your sales funnel and your sales methodology, sorry, your sales, what you had promised your investors, and, and you see a huge gap, you know? You're not selling nearly as much as you thought, and you, you're not making nearly as much revenue as you thought, um, because there's only few early adopters. And then, companies panic and lower the price of that disruptive product. And then they sell even less, <laughs> you know, because the price is our most significant um, message of quality and benefit, right? And especially when you have a, 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 um, a disruptive product, when you're a new company, you need that revenue more than any other time in, in, in the company's life, right? right? So a new disruptive product should always be expensive. It should be expensive. Yeah, it should be expensive. Okay. Because okay, once you good. once you once you find these these um, early adopters, they are gonna they are gonna buy the disruptive product for all different reasons, but low price is not going to um, convince them to buy it's everything else that's going to convince them to buy okay and and once the early adopters obviously they'll be out of the system soon they will not be long-term customers what about those customers who are going to be price sensitive in the long term they don't try the product or do they try how does it work out well the, the, once you once you come to the uh, the more mainstream market it then all becomes uh, about differentiation. Okay. To be a little bit different than competition because differentiation is what gives you pricing power. 
And, and pricing power is a term that was coined by Warren Buffett. And, and he said that, um, <clears throat> he said that um, he used companies with pricing power is his most important criterion for where he want to invest his money. And then he continued to define what pricing power means. And he said, pricing power is the ability to increase prices without losing sales volume. And that can only happen when you are differentiated, right? If, if you have, and even if what you're selling is a, is a pure commodity, there may be ways you can differentiate yourself. You can have different packaging. You can have different messaging around the product. You can have um, um, the deliveries that may be different. Um, you, can, um, you, you can offer maybe guarantees that other people don't. Um, and, and so it's, it's all about that differentiation of a product that gives you pricing power. And then, of course, um, you want to focus your sales onto the, onto the, um, the, the, the customer profile, the customer segments that appreciate those, differentiate, those differentiators specifically so you can charge higher prices. Right, right, Perth. But you see, in a, does it work the same way across all markets globally or is it uh, uh, different in different markets? Suppose, for example, in a country like India, which is very price sensitive, but yeah. also quality conscious. Yeah. Uh, how does it work? Because even in global companies, I have rarely seen them launching any new product uh, uh, and pricing at a very on a higher level. Uh, how do you see that? What would well, you advise here? Well, first of all, um, it, 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 is, it is different in every market, whether it's, <clears throat> whether it's different countries, where there's different uh, industries, where there is different locations within the country, and so forth. And <clears throat> it, is, it, it is always different and if you are trying to, and, and remember, this is um, <laughs> there's a story for you, if you like. Uh, you know, Walmart, they're, they're the biggest um, retail chain in, in, in the world. And, and in fact, it's, it's, it's the biggest company in the U U.S. by number of employees. They, um, um, and, and their, their tagline, so to speak, is that everything is, is low price at, at Walmart, right? Um, and about 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, they decided that they would enter the German market and they would teach the Germans on how to sell at low prices, right? So what they did was that they bought a small grocery store chain with seven or nine grocery stores and turned them into Walmarts, right? And they failed spectacularly, right? Those who they call themselves the low price leader, they found that um, they were in fact about 20% more expensive than the Germans incumbent, right? 
So, so they how, didn't. How was that? How was that? Because the Germans are better in log logistics, I guess, right? Right. And right. and 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 in fact, now the 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 the, the big German uh, grocery store chains, uh, Lidl and Aldi, is coming into the U.S. And lo and behold, they are twenty percent lower in price than anywhere else, right? So um, it's it's about product selection and logistics, right? Right, right. So it's almost like you know, if I remember the term correct, Giffen's paradox that you raise the price of your your products and then there will be better demand for it. Am I right? Do I recall uh, things uh, the right yeah, way Giffen, from my early days? Giffen, um, in fact, what happened with, with what Giffen, Giffen, by the way, was. Um, uh, Sir Robert Giffen was the um, the leading statistician in the UK um, in in the in the mid nineteenth century, and um, the the Giffen paradox is that what he looked at was um, uh, he looked at uh, uh, poor industrial workers, and he said <clears throat> they are eating two kinds of of food stuff. Um, what he called inferior food stuff and premium food stuff. And the inferior food stuff was bread and potato. The premium was beef, right? And <clears throat> what he could see in, in the stat statistics was that if the price of the inferior food stuff, the, um, the bread and the potato went up, right? Um, also, the sales went up. Okay. okay, and so that was um, surprise. But then he 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 dug further, and what happened was that when the price of bread and um, and uh, and and potato went up, those poor industrial workers didn't have enough money to buy beef to keep them um, satisfied. So even at higher prices, they had to buy more bread. They had to buy more potato uh, and less beef, um, uh, not to be hungry, right? And and but there is um, uh, there there is uh, there's another guy uh, who um, who is called uh, uh, Torsten Veblen. He um, he was a um, uh, he lived in the Midwest uh, towards the end of the um, um, end of the 19th century. Uh, he was born from Norwegian parents, and um, and and he came to uh, a, a sort of a similar conclusion. But um, I can't the, the actual name of his law. Um, I think the law. The common law of business balance—that's what he called it—and and basically what what that means is that you get what you pay for, right? And 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 he looked at the psychology on on actually he did some some experiments in the B two B space with um, uh, with um, um, uh, office supplies, right? And if those office supplies were offered at too low prices, they didn't sell because 
the buyer says, this can't be any good. The price is so low that it, it, it cannot possibly deliver the value that I'm looking for. So, um, and then prices, he increased prices and could start selling these, right? So, so he, he created this, this, uh, this law, the, the common law of business balance, again, meaning you get what you pay for. And we kind of all been there. I know you say India is price sensitive, uh, um, but at the end of the day, we're all been there, whether we in India or, we, or where we are somewhere else, that we want to buy something and we sort of hold it in our hand and, 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 and we say, I kind of want this, but this is so cheap that it can't possibly be any good, you know? Yes. And, 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 uh, <clears throat> and, and so, so there's, there's, there's this, um, you have the, the Giffen story, uh, um, and you have the, the Veblen story, which really says that price is the most powerful message of quality and benefit. Right. Right. Right, Bert. So coming to pricing part itself now, is this pricing part based on anything? How should a person or company decide? Do they need any sales data? What is needed? And is it that every company can improve their pricing? Is it for a particular type of company? Can you elaborate on that a bit? Well, let's let's start by <clears throat> talking. We, you, you talked early on about small companies, entrepreneurs, companies, right. new companies, and so forth. And um, one thing they can do, right, which is 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 very really very simple. Um, you you go out and and you find at least twenty five potential buyers, right? Now and 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 you ask them two questions. First, you describe your product. Um, and then um, once um, they, these people, these 25 people have truly understand what the product or service is, you ask them two questions. And the first question, say, what would you say, Mr. Potential Buyer, is a price that is so low that you wouldn't buy it because you don't think that it will deliver on the quality message, Right. And then you continue saying, but assuming now that it does deliver on the quality message um, and it's even better than the quality that, uh, um, that, that I promise, what is a price that is so high that it's still completely impossible for you to, to buy it, right? And when, right. You, when, when you talk to 20, at least 25 people, right? Uh, and those should not be your customers. They should not be your current prospects. Uh, they should be people who eventually could be prospects, but are not. Um, but And then you take the average of those two points and you have a range of where the price should be. Should not be lower than that and should not be higher than that, right? And, and then you want to put your price towards the high end of, of that, obviously. Now, if you manage to talk to more people, maybe 50 people, then you can possibly start to see, uh, be able to segment. You, you may be able to find that 
okay, this group of people um, appears to be ha have a little higher willingness to pay than that group of people, right? Um, or you can say that this group of people really like this particular benefit, uh, whereas the other group of people really liked another benefit. <clears throat> and uh, the first group have a higher willingness to pay, um, the range is higher um, than, 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 than the second group. Then you start to know where to go and sell this. Okay, right, right, Bert. But what about people who are, you know, providing services? Now, there are a huge number of people who are into the services industry, especially freelancers, uh, very small organizations, and even slightly bigger organizations. Now, what's your uh, advice, your tips for them? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the if, if you, again, uh, if you're selling something that is... is um, um if you if you if you're selling something that is is um, um, a, a pure commodity to price sensitive people the the try to find ways to decommoditize that is that is the the, the, the one and and often you have you, you you have to trade off a lower sales volume for a higher profitability right? I mean, we uh, just to give you some example. I I got a I got an unsolicited email from from one of my clients here a couple of weeks ago, and and they they're selling a particular kind of garment, um, and and uh, it was really just a screenshot from from their um, uh, financial system, and um, and uh, what he told me in in the email was that. Um, I could see that sales volume was down with some 12% or something like that. But I could also see from the screenshot that profits were up with 49%, right? So, and, and, and the text in the email was very simple. It says, less work, more money, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, 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 um, and what do you do in, 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 in a case like that when you do less work, you get more money, what do you do? Well, you, you have more money to put into your, into your business. You can develop more product maybe. You can increase your marketing. You can maybe hire better salespeople. And, and so these are not monies that are just disappearing. These are <clears throat> monies that goes into um, uh, monies that goes back into the company to, you know, further the company, to develop the company, to grow the company quicker. Right, right. Now, what about uh, this uh, earlier on? They used to say that don't price yourself out of the market. And here you are saying it will lead to growth. So how are these two worlds meeting as per you? Well, I, I, I don't think I don't I don't think I said don't price yourself out of the market, but um, because obviously um, you, 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 you need to be in, in a price price range 
that is within an acceptable price range. And I, I mentioned for a for a small company to to do that, you know, what is the price that is so high you would never buy it, Mister Customer? And right. and what is the price that is so low you wouldn't buy it? Now, one thing you can never ever ask. You can never ask somebody how much are you willing to pay, right? Okay. Which is why I said the the the, the two questions that you ask is <clears throat> what price is so high you wouldn't buy it, and what price is so low you wouldn't buy it, right? So there's a negation here, and it's the negation that is important, right? Um. Because if you if you say how much are you willing to pay how what is a reasonable price what is a reasonable price for this pen you know I'll, they anybody can say any price you know right um, but if I say if I <clears throat> what is, if somebody says well um, if this pen is sold at ten cents it is so low that I don't think it's going to be any good. And um, yeah, this is a really good pen, but um, uh, you know, five dollars is just just too much, and I wouldn't buy it for five dollars. Then, then you know, if I'm selling this pen, I have a range, right? And I probably at that point would would price it at four fifty, right? Right, right. You know, and <clears throat> and then. Um, uh, in 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 the the conversations that I've had, I maybe I've found that um, th this blue color is something that people really like, and because of that, they 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 they, they you know they 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 think that this adds a a level of 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 value that you may not have in a different pen. So so you use um, uh, you use the blue color, right? Uh, you, and, and you're not saying this is a generic pen. It's a blue color pen, right? You see, you see how it all works. Yes, yes. Um, and 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 maybe the uh, you know the tip here is gray. So maybe you see the maybe that's also something people like. So it's a blue color pen with a with a gray tip. And because it's blue color with a gray tip. Uh, we can defend the 450 uh, pricing price, you know, and and obviously since since the pen actually only cost us three cents to buy, um, it's usually profitable. Right, right. Talking of tip, uh, per uh, is that what tip would you give for the audience? Uh, I will ask you as my last question, but before that, in terms of you know. Uh, what would you tell uh, the market, uh, the price, uh, the companies? You know what mistakes that they keep on doing in terms of pricing, and what do you want them to avoid? Can you just uh, tell us about a bit? Yeah, absolutely. The the <clears throat> the three more most common pricing mistakes are first off to to look at a competitor and try to set the same price. Okay. Right, and um, even if your competitor have pricing online. Uh, you still don't know what deals they're making. Maybe they have um, their website geotagging, so you see different prices if you come from different areas. 
maybe they change the price eight times a day. So depending on what time of day, you get different prices. And, and okay. first, um, how did they arrive to their prices? Okay. Maybe, and that goes then to the... Um, uh, the 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 uh, the second pricing mistake and that is simply guess right you know my gut feel is that this should be uh, $3.16 right okay okay just gut feel guesses whatever you want to call it you know um give you an, an example here i uh, i spoke to the ceo of a, a saas company that um they have something they, they call a contract management system. And and he said, I decided that the price is going to be $165 per user per month. And then he continued and said, but I don't know. It was a price that felt good, but maybe it should have been 99 Maybe it should have been 450 I don't know. But 165 felt right. It felt good for me. Is that the right price? Probably not. <laughs> it was just guessing, you know. Um, so um, uh, pegging the price to a competitor is a mistake. Using guesswork um, is 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 um, is a mistake. Sometimes people say, "Oh, we price to the market. We use market price." That's a euphemism for guesswork. There's only one way. If market price only exists if you're selling um, commodities like grain or oil or, or pork bellies and stuff like that, where, where the actual prices are public, right? And the third mistake is to use cost as a as a uh, okay. as a as a base for pricing, right? Of course, you should know the cost of your product, but it should not affect how you price because your costs have nothing to do with the value that you deliver, right? And <clears throat> I, I mentioned Warren Buffett, and and um, I mean he also he also said this that price is what you pay, value is what you get, right? And and. Um, whatever value this has, you know, is 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 why I'm. I don't buy this for for any other particular reason than it provides value to me. I can write with it, right? And um, and that's the value. Whether this whether this cost one cent to um, to, to 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 you know to manufacture, whether it costs three bucks to manufacture. I don't care, right? The value uh, I get from being able to write with it. But there's funny things, you know, when you do. When when you do cost, it's called cost plus pricing. And think about this. Um, let's say you have um, now. First of all, different industries <clears throat> have different sort of rules of thumb. On what they should um, what they should charge as a you, you calculate your cost and then on top of cost you have some kind of uplift right that's cost plus and that uplift is often rule of thumb 
and different industries have have different rule of thumb. The 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 um, in in traditional manufacturing industries, they calculate the cost, and then they the rule of thumb is typically that you add thirty five percent on top, or in some right. cases fifty percent on top. Right. In retail, they typically double their cost. <clears throat> but I've been <clears throat> exposed to other industries where they take cost plus uh, times five, uh, cost times 10, right? And none of them has any relation to um, what, um, what people are willing to pay. Right, right, perfect. We, so, we, yeah, carry on, carry on. No, I mean, I just want to give you some other examples. Um, yes. We um, <clears throat> uh, we did some work for a company who's coming up with a, um, a very unique supplement, right? And and uh, they want to sell it at at um, um, at, 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 at a um, at a price that makes it profitable for them. So it's a very unique, <clears throat> um, very unique supplement. And they came to us and they say, our cost for this is 35 bucks or 30 bucks say right for a month's supply of, of this uh, supplement um and we want to price it at less than 100 bucks so but then we have learned that the the cost plus uplift in in our industry is going to be five times the cost so five times 30 bucks is 150 bucks, right? And yet, I don't think anybody is willing to pay more than 100. So how do I fit those five times into, into my 100 bucks? So we did the willingness to, to, to pay research, right? And found that for the particular benefits of this particular um supplement people were willing to pay 200 bucks right so they obviously set the set the price just under 200 bucks at 195 so first of all um, they had this notion that nobody is willing to pay more than 100 bucks it was completely wrong it was just wrong right then they had the, the notion that we have to do cost times five, which was also completely wrong. And then the value that the user saw was uh, $200. So it was, it was much higher than the 5,000, five times cost. And obviously it was double the, uh, the, the price they guess would have been the highest price. So it's all about using data. Right, Per. Right. So uh, my last question to you, uh, Per, is what single most effective advice would you give to the audience in terms of pricing? Um, I, 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 I really think that the audience are going to get a lot of information if they, um, if they go and read my book. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, all of what we've talked about is in, in that book and much, much, much more. There are ways you can present your price so that, um, so that people are willing to pay higher prices and so forth. And, and 
So if you just do a Google search on on um, the Price Whisper or the Price Whisper book, um, or go to Amazon and and um, do a search for the Price Whisper, um, you're you, you're definitely going to find the book. And um, I mean, another example here. Um, I, I sent an advanced review copy of, of the book to about a dozen different prior clients. And um, and one one guy one guy came back and it, and he said, um, uh, well, all of them came back with with, with sort of glowing reviews, but um, one said, uh, you helped us grow our company from about a hundred million dollars to way over a billion. Thank you very much. You know, just by focusing on price. Right, right. The price whisperer, a holistic approach to pricing power. Correct. Yeah. Right, right. Great. Uh, and what about if people want to connect with you and, you know, get personal advice in terms yeah. of engagement it's, and all that stuff? How does it's that this, work? Yeah, it's the same thing. You know, Google search uh, the price whisperer, you get links to my. YouTube channels, you get links to my company where there's um, where there's a um, several guides. There are um, there's a masterclass in pricing and so forth. And and the easiest way to to find me is is simply just Google it because also the URL um, is is a little convoluted. So and Google Google is our friend, you know. Right, right. I will try to be your friend and add as much information as possible on the YouTube description so that you know, it helps people reach you faster, better, safe and okay. sound, and get as much value from you as much as possible. So thank, thank you so you, much. Right? Thank you so much for joining us on this show and giving us such a great understanding about pricing. So that's uh, the biggest takeaway I myself learned was not to look at your competition, do not look at do any guesswork and also do not look at the cost and look at only That's the right. value of what you are delivering All to right. your customers. With that, with that thing in mind, I, I uh, this is uh, with this thing in mind, this is the wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so All much. Right. Thank you so much. Uh